0: Episode 2. Bloods and Pools is dead. He's never coming back. Bloods and Pool, film noir. They try to make Fargo. Bloods and Pool. <laughs>
1: I'm Shafi Malik, and you're listening to the Who Drop the Popcorn podcast. The premise is simple. One of us picks a film that we know none of the others have seen. The rest of the group watch the film, and we get here to discuss it. Joining me tonight is Dave
2: McHugh.
0: Andy
1: Newlands. Simple, good evening. And all the way from the very north of England, Kyle Hammond. Hello there.
0: No, he's got a fan club.
1: It's not the very
3: north of England, Shafi. It's the beginning of the north, the gateway to the north.
0: Okay, so... uh, (laughs) You know nothing, Shafi Malik.
2: You bastard. You known bastard.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Here's your warning. We'll be going into heavy spoilers. So if you haven't seen the film, we thoroughly recommend you watch it before listening to this. This episode's choice is Dave's. Without further ado, Dave, what film did you choose for us? Blood Simple. Thanks, Dave. Okay, that's <laughs> that. end of episode there. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Thanks, Dave. <laughs> oh, okay, bye. <laughs> so, you want me to say why I chose Blood Simple? Yes. So, that's tell great. us what. Tell us what. Tell us what the film is, when it was made, who's it by, who who made it, etc., etc. Blimey. Um, okay.
2: Uh, so, Blood Simple is a film made in 1984 by the Coen Brothers and. When you watch it, even on DVD
1: now,
2: (laughs) even when you watch it on DVD, it feels like you're watching a 1984 on a VHS copy. It is so gritty. It is so raw. It's so real. But I just love this film. And the thing that I love most about this film is every other film sucks people in by you're left hanging. You're wondering what's going on. You don't get it. You don't know the full story. All the films, you're like, what's going on? What is going on? But in this film, you know more than the characters. You're ahead of the characters. And I can't think of another film that's ever been like this. You know more. You, you're thinking, oh my gosh, they think that, but that's not the truth. Whereas most other films you're like going, I don't get this. I watched the big sleep the other day and I literally spent the whole film going, Who's that? What's that? Who's that? Who's going on? But blood simple. You're ahead of the club. That's why I love this film. I cannot think of another film ever made like this.
1: Scene. Done. Boom. Right. Um, nice. So I guess it's because you sort you were kind of kept engaged and knew what was what and did not feel sort of confused at all at any point. Exactly. Kyle, Andy, did you feel the same about that? Do you At any no. point were you thinking... Who's doing what and why has he done that, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera.
3: No, they think they, they've got a spot on there. I mean, I, I don't think it's original. It's a comedy of errors, as such. So, with all comedy of errors, you you kind of know more than the audience. Um, but yes, I've not seen a comedy of errors that's been so kind of dark and noir as such.
2: Yeah, nice. Generally, I, I can't think of another film. But if anyone's got a, even a film that comes close in that sort of style, I can't I can't think of one.
3: There's well, we can talk about Fargo later on, I think, because there's quite a lot of similarities between this and Fargo, which is also by the Cohen Brothers, but I think we'll get to that probably later on. Um I know Shafi's got a lot to say about other Cohen Brothers stuff.
2: Yeah, no, no, sorry.
1: Well, I've got I've got lots to say about other films that are of a similar ilk. So um uh, but you will get to that later. Um so Kyle, what we're out of all the sort of performances in this film. Uh, do you have any sort of particular favourites?
3: I thought that Andy was going to give us a synopsis of the plot.
1: Yes, yes, actually, sorry. Uh, we'll edit that part out. So Andy... <laughs> nah, keep um, it in.
0: The blooper reel. It's fine. All right, so this is this is my understanding of what what I watched, OK? So we might need to do a second podcast here and somebody else actually gives the evidence of this, but this is my snapshot of the plot. So... There's a lady, and she's having an affair. There's a a character called Julian, um, and he suspects his wife, Abby, uh, of being unfaithful. Um, Abby gets one of the bartenders, I think his name is Ray, uh, to give her a lift home. And then they essentially have have an affair. And then uh, Julian, is that it? Is it Marty? Marty suspects, and then and then like gets this detective guy who's played by M Emmett Walsh, who is apparently a very well-known actor. I don't know. Um, and then something happens for the next hour. There's a few mishaps. Uh, it drags a bit. I got really bored. Um, what? Like Why? the the detective went to like killed the couple and then didn't and then like shot the bus and then he put his cigarette lighter down then there was like a 30 minute shot of some fish on a table. I thought that was quite arty And then um then he died and then he didn't really die. He was in the back of the car and then he's on the road because you know some GCSE student thought oh, I need to spice up this film. What can I do to get a few more pages? Then he was on the road and then oh wow a lorry's coming. And then the lorry came and that went on and on and on and then nothing <laughs> happened. The lorry just went by and for some reason didn't stop as a man with a dead body. And then they went on a field the wrong way so the field had been Would brelled. you stop? I wouldn't stop. I wouldn't stop. i was just. on driving. Yeah well uh, that's because you're a pussy who chooses films like this. And then, <laughs> then like you know he's still not dead. It's like Lazarus. He just just he's burying him and it just goes on and on and on. And then like I don't know then Ray comes and finds like the gun it's like oh it's, it's Ray's done that because he thinks the woman he's having an affair has done it and then um, oh it just goes on and on and then there's a yeah. really nice like athletic young Bill Cosby guy who works wrong, in the bar and then, um, got
1: and the, then order the fish wrong. are
0: still there the fish are still there and then all of a sudden, the detective who can barely walk because of the gout is the best sniper since like fucking Matt Damon's done a film about sniping. And then he takes out the guy oh, and then Matt the Dame light bulb. <laughs> oh, I don't know. And then, then, God, oh, then she thinks it's Marty. Then suddenly we're in the exorcist and Marty's alive in the room for no reason. It's just ridiculous. And then um, she shoots the door. The detective dies and looks at the plumbing under the sink. Fade out, film done. Waste of time.
2: Uh, do, look, just because I didn't like Ford versus Ferrari doesn't mean you have to not like this film. You deliberately said i am not, I'm not to like this film. No, I that, didn't. I was outrageous. so
0: bored. That's I actually childish. had to watch it over four times. It was so bored. <laughs> I was so bored. It's so long. Like, I don't need to see him walk 300 yards from his car to the ground. And then, oh, God, it was so boring. Oh, mate. Oh. So... But, do you know, the mad thing is, I'm absolutely glad I watched it because I love knowing the story in the head. I prefer knowing the story and thinking about the story in my head than the actual act of watching the film. I don't know if that makes any sense, but I just, in my mind... It's That's a exactly better what I story said about Ford and Ferrari. Than, yeah, so fair enough, like, fair play. But it felt to me like... Some university students had got some money together and just put this in, and that, that was their bit, got them, and then they went on and did well. But I appreciate this was their first film and it was before loads and loads of films, but I thought it was pretty dull and went on a bit too long, personally. So
1: outrageous.
2: <laughs> I've never had an opinion
0: be so wrong.
2: Just, just so you're so wrong. I
1: mean, it is, a, let's just bear, bear in mind it is an opinion. So, Exactly. Uh, and there's, there's no, the there's no such thing as there. a wrong opinion. I think
3: we should change the name of this podcast to Outrageous because that seems to be the <laughs> most common used word in uh, the first episode like this.
0: Don't get me wrong. You know, it, it was nice, but I just love. I was like, I was just so looking forward to the film ending, so I could be like, okay, right, I've done it. Like, just when I don't need to see him washing the floor for 20 minutes. Like, oh, now he's at the sink with the blood. Now he's back at the floor. He's back at the sink. I get it. Like That's so real.
2: You're in. You're in. You're in that crime scene. Nah, me? I'm in my
0: lounge waiting to go out. It's just oh god. Oh, not you for me. don't.
2: You don't ever go out. You're a family man. You never go out. Come on. You're so that's likely, a synopsis. You're more likely to clean up a murder scene than you are to go out clubbing or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and that's so, true. Whatever. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't.
0: <laughs> oh, I don't know. It wasn't for me, guys.
2: This is so outrageous. Just because I had
0: a go at four of us, right? You no, there's has nothing film. to do with it. It was genuinely yeah, it and I thought exactly. it was boring. It's not, I swear <sighs> on my kids' life.
1: Sorry, I just want to say, because I, I'm pretty sure I had uh, a conversation with you, Andy, and you, you said that you really enjoyed No Country for Old Men. Is that right? Yeah. So that's quite, because the, the pacing is quite similar to, the, the, those two films are paced quite similar, don't you think?
0: Yeah, but I didn't feel invested in any character in Blood Simple. I didn't like any of them. I didn't care what happened to them. I was just, I was so disconnected from everything. I was like, well, he's a douchebag. She's a douchebag. He's a bit of a douchebag and the other guy's a douchebag. So what do I care?
3: (laughs) That's an interesting point, actually. Um, I did enjoy the film, but I didn't particularly care about any of the characters. I just enjoyed being there for the ride, watching this chaos kind of go on. A comedy of errors just descending worse and worse into chaos. Um, I think Shafi yeah. might change your mind about this film, though, Andy, uh, when he tells you who
1: was uh, who worked on the film. Who? Uh, so Matt uh, Damon. <laughs> Matt Damon directed this film. He, no. he was the he 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 did it during his GCSEs. Yeah, we well, it, it, well, it in like kindergarten. It. He was in kindergarten. Like with Matt Damon. <laughs> um, yeah. So Ben Affleck uh, on the sound uh, boom. So, fun, 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 funnily enough, a, a lot of the, the people involved in this film were, um, it was sort of like, it was their first film, first time being in a, for the Coen Brothers, It's their first time being in a film set. But the, who they actually used as their cinematographer, so their person kind of, you know, creating all the shots, kind of doing all the camera movements, is Barry Sonnenfeld. Do you know who that is, Andy? I'm
0: so sorry, I, 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 the only Barry I know is Sheen and uh, the singer that
1: died. For well, you sh- you should know because right. that is the director. Men in Black? That is the director of the all three Men in Black films.
0: Wow, what a legend! I take it all back. This is one of the best shot movies of all time. God damn right. I, I, I love the bit where they filmed the um the Texas cowboy putting their. Uh, shoes on the table to give it a relaxed texting vibe Eighty thousand times that was particularly <laughs> entertaining <laughs>
1: that is an odd that is an odd way to die isn't it wouldn't your leg Weird. fall off the desk
0: it's ugh, like, honestly it's ridiculous that the whole like 17 hour death scene is just ridiculous
1: um, so there is an, a, another connection regarding Barry Sonnenfeld. So Barry Sonnenfeld also directed the Adams Family films. Still the best the best special effects of all
2: time. There has never been a better special effects than Thing walking down that corridor. I've never seen Barry's special effects. Sorry yeah, I'd problem. agree
0: with that, actually. I would agree it with
2: is that. It is yeah. literally... I believe that is a hand running down the corridor 30 years ago that, that movie came out and that is still the
1: best special <laughs> effects i've ever seen those, those are great but pair of films um both mm. both those adam family films are great they are uh, yeah so so the play yeah. the, the cat the actor that plays marty is the one is like the villain in the yeah in the first... i know
0: i looked him up afterwards yeah
1: yeah so they did there's better in um,
0: adam's family values than than this i would say
3: He was in
1: Commander as well, wasn't he? He was like um, Bennett's uh, number two. And also, uh, looking at his credits, he was in uh, The Usual Suspects, which I can't remember who he played. Was he the the partner of the cop investigating the case?
0: Yes. Yeah, he was. I can't remember. Yeah, Death percent I haven't seen seen that film in a while.
1: Right, Okay. Yeah, I remember, I remember remember Andy. I was... I remember, Andy, I went into school and I said, and I, I don't know why, but I just I made sure I found you and I said, Andy, there's a film kiss called me. The Usual Suspects. <laughs> Andy, kiss me first. First kiss me. Now, there's a film called The Usual Suspects. You've got to find it and watch it.
0: I love that film. Now, that, that's a film I could talk about, but, um, <laughs> Dave, just to clarify, honestly, this has nothing to do with last week's episode. Uh, I generally just just thought it just dragged on a little bit and wasn't exciting enough for my simple mind.
2: Watch it again. Watch it again.
1: Watch there, it again. there is something you did like about the film uh, because we, yeah. were, we were we were you were riffing on it just before the we start recording. So don't get me wrong. There's lots I like about. It. So I like I love the fact that I
0: now know this story. I love it. I like thinking about it and stuff. I like. I kind of like changing it in my mind. I do like like certain scenes, but the music, like bum,
2: bum, bum, yeah, da, da, da,
0: da, that has stuck 80s, with me. eighty synths, it's amazing. Oh, synths for Max it's amazing yeah, yeah, it's absolutely fantastic.
3: Um, I te- when I was watching it, I texted Dave and I said, "This is this is amazing. This score. <laughs> <you> know, there's, <laughs> inter-, there's two bits of inter- yeah. original music, and they're like the same riff used on two different songs or two different tunes, as such. And
2: oh, it's incredible, it's oh, incredible. amazing. Oh. Yeah. It just sets the scene. It just sets the scene. And you're just, when you're like, you know, it's just the middle of nowhere with nobodies. It's just, everyone's a nobody. That's why I, I think you're not invested in any of these characters because they're just so ordinary. And in the middle of nowhere and you stare out of the pub and you can see the kind of furnace burning away. And it's just like, oh, it's just like, you can get away with murder in this town. Because there's no one to find you. I just, ah, oh, I, I love this film so much. I absolutely love this film because it's it's just their world. Whatever they want to do, they can get away with, it. and it would appear they can. But yeah. That, well, that's that's my opinion anyway.
0: There's um, there's just one one thing about this movie that I just want. I don't expect any of you to answer this now, but I'd like to go away and I am. Um, Something happened in this movie, which I don't understand, and I think it's insane, but the scene where the detective is creeping in the house and you think he's about to kill the couple, he then stops and goes outside. Now, just before he goes through the door, I thought I saw somebody standing in the doorway on the other side of the room. I thought, no, that's insane. So I paused it and watched it back and, fro- and have frozen it a bit. And there is someone standing there. So I just, I'm not, I'm not asking you, to like, what, what the fuck's that all about? But just, I think you should all I go know. and watch that and find out and just have a little look at that. And then we maybe add it on to this conversation because it's really, really weird. Like I don't know if it's an Easter egg or if, I was hoping one of you guys was going to say, oh, yeah, I saw that as well. But I have no explanation for it. No, that's, that's really interesting. It's really, was- really weird.
2: If there's someone standing there, I would say it's a, a mistake. I really would. But wow. Really? Gosh. Yeah. Wow. That's mad. Yeah. Bro. Wow.
0: Have a little look. It's just it's just weird. But um, no, I don't want to poo the film. It obviously, like, you know, it was well before, you know, lots and lots of these other films came came out. And you can see it set a precedent for X, Y, and Z. And it was their first attempt and all the rest of it. Um, music was great. And yeah, the, like, Davey, funny, actually, when you're talking about that, burning furnace scene like that in it like if that was a piece of art on my wall i'd be like this yeah, is fantastic yeah. and there were so many scenes that you could just click and actually that that looks in in isolation fantastic but the whole thing for me just just i got a bit bored
2: no, no i can't tell it because I, I wasn't blown away the first time i was blown away the second time which is which is weird yeah uh that furnace scene for me
3: though when it first came on, I was like, "Oh, this is a Chekhov's gun. Someone's gonna—they're gonna be putting a body in here at some point." But it didn't really materialize. Whether yeah. it is a misdirect, I don't know.
1: So, just going back to um, Andy's, um, what he noticed. <clears throat> there's actually a an IMDb credit where it says <laughs> where it, it it points out all the goofs of the film, which basically means that all the mistakes in the film. And there's one. There's a subheading that says crew. Or equipment visible and it says oh, really? when the detect when the detective is leaving ray's house at night you can see some someone standing in the shop.
0: wow thank you because i literally thought i was going insane like have i missed the subplot have i missed a character is there someone else right thank you yeah man it's like f- freeman and little baby like ghost kid did that freak you out yeah yeah yeah, yeah that, it, freak- that was another reason it ruined the movie because i was like what, am I not understanding something here? that There's another human being standing in this house. Like, like, and, and, and then I was like, okay, so hang on. He's, he's like, and this is before like the double crossing. I was like, right, he's left the house. And I was like, it was, is that because he's in cahoots with this other person? So it completely threw me off. Like, so in terms of a, like a film having an error, that for me was a massive one because it was such a pivotal moment. And then you've basically got like some sort of, like, he looks like Napoleon Dynamite as well, which is insane. <laughs> so like, I'm like, why is Napoleon Dynamite standing in the hallway? Like this makes no sense. And
1: Ethan Cohen, uh, one of the, the the pair of the Cohen brothers, looks a lot like uh, Napoleon Dynamite. So might well,
0: be it, <laughs> it, it might have been him, but for me, it really, yeah, I, I must say it, it made no sense to me. Yo,
1: yeah, okay, I'm just standing in the door. Okay just uh just go but just going back just just going back to um, that point because if I had seen that I that would have it would have freaked me out but it, as in but you're you're saying in a I do, you know have I missed something kind of way it would actually just freak me out like, like being it I did. would actually be scared it would act, I would actually be scared seeing yeah that. But, and the, the, going back to a point that I was gonna make is that this uh, if we if you look at kind of the Cohen brothers filmography this feels like the closest they've made to an actual horror film and um uh there are there are kind of a lot of uh it's it's shot it's a shot like a quite like a horror film and um uh there are and that's why there's kind of this kind of brooding pace and uh there's a very um uh, Dave, you you know, you, you, I'm not sure if you remember this, because you, you said you haven't seen it uh, in a bit. But there's a there's an odd shot where Marty comes to um, take Fra- Frances McDormand's character, and she she uh, he sort of drags her out of the house, and then the the camera uh, is the same sh- type of shot they use in the Evil Dead films where it's sort of like a, it's like, you know, how they did it in Evil Dead is they had a, a camera mounted on a motorbike and they kind of drove up to, d- drive drove up to sort of the cabin. And they do that same shot in, in, in this film, even though it doesn't really warrant for that type of shot.
3: One of the Coen brothers worked uh, on Evil Dead, didn't they? Because didn't they all live with Sam Raimi?
1: Oh, yes. So, so what, so, wow. so actually, wow. this is what I was going to, so they're, they're so um, Sam Raimi, uh, cameos in Miller's Crossing, um, yeah, they all lived together before. And um, what uh, I think, um, uh, Ethan Cohen worked as an assistant editor uh, on the first Evil Dead film as well. And um, uh, but what, one thing, and I think I shared this in the WhatsApp group. Um, they did a um, they did like an investors trailer for Blood, Blood Simple. And that actually yeah. um, stars uh, Bruce Campbell from the Evil the Dead films, and that and that really is shot like a like a horror film.
0: You know, they should have reshot that whole kidnap scene as well because that, for me, the, the the acting over that forty second period was diabolical. Like the rest of the acting in the movie was fine, but the kidnap scene was almost laughable. It was like, like how has she overpowered him? Like it was just fucking awful. Mm-hmm. Like. Mm-hmm. That, that I just I couldn't quite believe that and made the final cut
1: bear in mind regarding the quality of how everything looks it was very very low budget they you know yeah. they, they, they they made this on a shoestring I know but that was honestly that was like the the joke fight
0: scene out of Am dolomite it was just it didn't fit well for me at all. I just thought it was just, oh she's picked him in the nuts how how, how fresh <laughs> now she's got away. I love the cheap budget. I think it just makes this film.
2: It's just so it's raw. I'll say it again. It's just so raw. Uh,
1: so, what? Who were the? Uh, what were the perform the standout performances of the film do you, for Kyle? What do you think?
3: Standout one, which the the PI, um, is by M- Emmett Walsh, um, who, for me, I've always known as the uh, the dad from Bigfoot. He's um, <laughs> John uh, yes. John yeah, he's John Lithgow's really? dad in, in Bigfoot. Yeah. Um, like when he first came on screen, obviously he looked quite a bit younger. I was like, who's that guy? Yeah, it's him. But uh, yeah, Knives Out, he was a small part in uh, Blade Runner as well. Um, he's just a sleazy, sleazy motherfucker. You play that part brilliantly. <laughs> um, that, that scene when they're in the car, they're just like two sweaty boys in this car with flies on their faces. It's
1: brilliant. Did you find that, that he sort of slurred a lot of his dialogue? That it was quite yeah. hard to understand what he was saying. Yep. Was that on purpose? Yeah, I think it is. I had
0: to stop the film 30 seconds in
1: and actually like Google
0: opening dialogue just to understand, like even the beginning was like when he was talking about, I just couldn't understand a word he was saying.
1: But <laughs> well, why are you throwing the subtitles on then?
0: I don't know, I bought a new TV, I don't know how it works, but <laughs> I couldn't understand a word he was saying. Totally agree with you, Shafi. Like, so you had to, to Google, that...
1: you had to Google what the dialogue was?
0: Yeah, yeah. Did you get the yeah, answer then? I tried. Yeah, I tried four times to understand it. I was like, no, I literally don't know what what is going on. Right. I didn't think
3: Frances McDormand was that good, though. To be honest, um, she seemed to play it like quite stoic and um, just she had like a really like miserable gorm face. Um,
0: yeah.
3: Like. I watched Fargo the day after or two days after, and obviously she's unbelievable in that film. But in this film, I mean, it's probably on purpose, but but both her and Marty were just kind of like stoic as such. And no wonder if she was having an affair because they probably had a really boring home life just being these two
1: characters, just just like staring and like holding their mouths open while they talk. (laughs) I disagree. I think, I I think Miss, I think Frances McDormand, her characters uh, getting out of an abusive relationship, right? And there are there are scenes where she, she you know she sort of I think she Is sees, it? yeah, abusive. Is it abusive relationship? I think so. I mean, he. I didn't take that from the film no, at all.
3: He's just like a loser, and she's like just struggling around. Him.
1: I got the
0: impression she'd done this before as well. Yeah, had, yeah. had a history of being a bit naughty.
1: She um, there's a, there's a, isn't that there's that scene in bed where she wakes up, uh, and she um. She stand. She she wakes up and she talks to Ray, and she talks about um, how like Marty, um, is Ma, quite similar to him, and the fact that she doesn't he doesn't say much, but when when he does say things, he says some sort of horrible things to her, while while um, Ray says like nice things. Remember that
2: scene? Can't, can't, I can't remember. that. But if that's true, I still, mm. I don't, I don't think she's coming out of an abusive relationship. I think it's probably just a, a relationship that should end. They both, they both have enough of it. That's, that's what I got. They're just both done with it.
3: And, uh, well, he, uh, Marty says to the, the PI, or um, well, he says to someone, "You've done this before." I can't remember who it was.
0: Yeah, and then Marty says to Ray, "He's like, oh, it's funny. I can't wait until she says, you know." And then, that's like, right. yeah,
3: yeah. That's planting the seed, man.
0: Yeah, she says something like, "Oh, it wasn't me, or I'd never do something like that," and then she says it later on, doesn't she, about the gun? Yeah. So sorry, Seth, I didn't take it as an abusive relationship. Definitely not an enjoyable one. But I got, I got that impression, but maybe,
2: maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I, I just see it as a marriage that's been run its Too course. long, too long. It's when it's when its course. Yeah. But yeah, no. But anyway, to, to talk about her performance, I think it's just. It's just a, it's a crazy situation that they find themselves in. They're like, shit, my life's in danger all of a sudden. And it's just mad. I just, I just think they're normal people who
1: find themselves, their life is in danger. And that's why Ray is... Frances McDormand is sort of in the dark of what's going on. So she's not even... She doesn't really know the extent of, what, of how her life's in danger. Until kind of, oh, yeah, no, no,
2: very until, close yeah, to the end. I guess until the end, yeah. But I think she, she probably is just, just bored of life. I think she's just bored of life and she's ready for a change.
0: I was ready for a change about 30 minutes into the film. I, I mean, so I think the, the acting is why you just can't get emotionally attached to anyone because, like Carl said, she, honestly, she's like a goldfish for the first 40 minutes. Of-
2: Honestly, watch it again, and you'll
0: love it. I know I will. I will, I, will I will give it another chance, but it's such.
2: It, honestly,
1: it's just it's incredible. It's incredible. It's not incredible. You can't say it's incredible. <laughs> Dave, what what are the sort of the standout moments of the film? The, the moments that really kind of uh, you know keep on regurgitating in your head when you think about the film. It's when spoiler alert.
2: It's when when he, when Ray goes into the room to find the husband dying. And he finds the gun that, that the private detective stole to kill him with. And I just think that is just genius. It's like, and he's, he's suddenly like, holy shit, I just thought this was a girl that I could just maybe have an affair with. Um, but she is, she is a nutcase. She's willing to kill her husband. Obviously, she hasn't, but that, that is what he thinks. And I, I can't imagine how mad a moment that would have been. And he loves her so much that he is willing to bury the body for her. He guess he looks at her like, if you're going to kill somebody, make sure you do it right. It's just, oh man, it's, it's just so crazy. It's, it, that is what does it for me. He, and then he has to drive this body out in the middle of nowhere, not even dead. You know, oh, that's what makes this film for me. It's just, again, you know more than they do. And he thinks that's happened, but it hasn't. And it's just mad, and he would have found himself in such a crazy situation where he's like, "I wouldn't have run away with this girl. I want to start a new life for that." But will she kill me in ten years' time? Ah, oh, man, honestly, it, it it just blows me away every time when I think about that. It's just crazy.
3: Yeah, Marty planted that seed, like where he says, she'll do this to you. Um, obviously yeah.
2: meaning that she'll cheat on you. He starts thinking, oh, she might." But me as well. Yeah, Fuck, it's just mad, man. Absolutely mental.
1: So, so D- Dave, because um, I know out of us four, you and I have, have watched sort of the most Coen Brothers films between ourselves. Um, are you saying that this is the tip of, you know, the, the very top of your Coen Brothers rankings? Well, no, because like it's mad like
2: I I could say that this is maybe not even in the top five of Co-Brothers films and I would still think that every single person in the world has to watch Blood Simple and I think it's fantastic a nine out of ten film that must be watched everyone must watch once in their life but uh, Co-Brothers it probably falls in the top five okay it's about fourth or fifth of
1: when you re-watched it, did it make you think of other Coben brothers films?
2: No, not really. Like to be honest, I think it. I can't really see that much because no, it has no comedy. It has. It, it is just completely dark and completely raw. And every other Coben brothers film. I
3: disagree with that. Has no. comedy. The situation is comical, really. Uh, like when he's trying to clean up the blood and stuff, I was just like laughing, going, "What is this guy doing? You're never going to get away with this." <laughs> when he's putting the body in the car, he just there's all blood over the back seat. he Doesn't even attempt to clean it up. It's like, what is what is, is this guy thick? What is he doing?
2: Well, yeah, no, I guess that that could be like the beginning of the comb of his dark sense of humor. So, yeah, I, I agree on that. But right, it's not, it's not nothing, nothing in the script. You've read the script would make you laugh, whereas. Other Coen Brothers films, I think you would laugh yeah. out loud for you. Yeah. That's But yeah, it's it's interesting because it doesn't it doesn't feel like a Coen Brothers film to me. It, it, later, when they make Raising Arizona, that is the epitome of Coen Brothers. Coen Brothers is Big Lebowski and Raising Arizona for me. Just mad characters, mad stories, just brilliant, brilliant, brilliant fun. And Blood Simple and Fargo are a little bit more down-to-earth. They feel a bit realer. But for me, the Yeah, Brothers, when I watch a Coen Brothers film, I just want to be in close to fantasy land, just almost like a a film that is probably couldn't happen. That's that, that's what I want from a Brothers film. I want to be in La La Land.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I listened to a um, a podcast uh, by by a, a, a quite a well-known cinematographer called Roger Deakins, and he's 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 worked with the Coen brothers films, quite a few, on quite a few Coen brothers films. He, he did uh, just quickly. He shot... I'm
3: going to interrupt you, Shafi. Go on his go on his IMDb. He's done some of the best films ever made. Honestly. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Hmm.
1: Yeah, he's 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 a legend, you know, and um and his podcast is brilliant as well. Uh, and he um you know th- there was a podcast about breaking down uh No Country for Old Men, and he was talking about the Coen Brothers, and he says that re- regarding um that the the genre of of, of that of their films, there's always it's not that the films are you know comedy or not comedy. That what they're interested in is the absurdity of humanity, and i when i was when I was like in my teens I, I read a series of short stories written by Ethan Cohen, and uh, every every character that was described in each of those stories had these sort of larger than life um, you know characters that are a bit out of step with with everyone else and i think I think a trait in blood simple is is the p i character. Um, you know, he's sort of larger than life, He, you know, and I'm pretty sure, even though I haven't read the screenplay, I'm, I'm pretty sure how he sort of described would be kind of in sync with how a lot of these sort of larger than life characters are described in other Coen Brothers films. And I think, you know, something I've always thought about the Coen Brothers films is that you could what I could watch something like uh, I, I could watch. Raising Arizona, something kind of really wacky, or The Hudsucker Proxy, um, which is this sort of snappy, fun, um, almost uh, like tonally for kids, uh, um, uh, you know, great film. That's actually the first Coen Brothers film I saw. But then you could watch something like The Man Who Wasn't There, which is sort of this very, you know, it's black and white, um, uh, deadpan uh, film. And, and you know, similar with this and No Country for Men, I could watch that. I could watch all those films, and for me, even though they sort of swish from genre to genre and from tone to tone, it still feels like the Coen Brothers. And, and possibly it's because you know you'd probably have to sort of watch more films of the more films in their sort of filmography to sort of to to, to understand that. But um, that's sort of how I feel, is that all these films feel like they couldn't be made by anyone else other than them.
2: Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. I don't know what it is, but I know I'm watching Coen Brothers' film. But don't ask me why, I know. I just, I just kind of get it. It just feels Coen Brothers-y.
3: As a man that's uh, not as... Um adverse into films as you guys um <clears throat> i watched blood simple and then i did see fargo a long time ago um but i made sure i re-watched it i wanted to watch some more but she wants to run out of time um there's a lot of similarities though between this and fargo and i know that i was reading some stuff in the, the Karen Bubs and the current brothers have said no they're not similar but as a simple man i think there's quite there's quite a lot um, similarities yeah. really um, it's bad it's like just, regional just specific agree. obviously I mean one simple as Texas where it's hot as hell um, Fargo's Minnesota, Minnesota where it's cold so it's like the opposite there um, it's about crime that descends into chaos um, there's similarities there there's quite a lot of similar shots as well like the highway scene yep. there's similar points there in fact even the low tracking shot of the, the car going down the road you could just see the, the lines in the middle um, obviously, Francis McDormand is in both, but characters are really far apart from uh, from each other. Um, people are saying that there's uh, similarities with No Country for Old Men, but it's been a long time since I've seen that, and I can't remember loads, loads about it to be honest.
1: I can't see that. I, I think we, I, you know, I, I think as far as pacing is concerned, I think it, it it's quite similar. But I think that's where. But also, I, th- but also, I think. Um, Regarding this film, *Raising Arizona* and *No Country for Old Men*, is that there is a um, there is a person, there is an antagonist who is hired um, uh, by but by someone, and you know there is a a sense of dread, um, <laughs> you know, from this from this antagonist. So, regarding- what have I done? What have I done? Oh my so, God. So, um, so you know, the, the raising Arizona, um, it's the it's the sort of hell's angel that that's um, that's tr- trying to <laughs> trying to find them. Uh, and with with no country for men, well, no country for men, uh, Anton, Sugar, the character of Anton Sugar, he, you know, it, it feels like that is that's a character that's very unique because it feels like he cannot be. Bargained with, he cannot be. He's just sure. an unstoppable force of nature. Um, where you know the the variant where it, where it comes to this film is that um, uh, M uh, Emmett Walsh's character um, is kind of <laughs> bumbling. And one thing is, I don't get why he opened that window. I still don't get why he opened that window and tried to open the window in the other. Why Why did he have, Why did he open the window from? Outside, what do you?
2: I thought he was going to go out onto the fire escape and then going through that window to try and kill her. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah but why did he have to open it from, from his side? Couldn't he have just stuck his head out the window and just opened it?
2: Mm. Maybe, may, yeah,
3: maybe he needed he to be open to get his hand in to get some leverage to go around it. I don't know
1: what you so the thing is is that. Um, uh you know i, I think that he, he's no ant on sugar uh because mm-hmm. i don't think for me um you know that this this character in blood simple feels sort of feels like a character you can sort of bargain with and you can you know yeah offer um, him more
2: money and he's on
3: your yeah, side
1: yeah yeah
2: he's so, so sleazy yeah he's a sweaty
3: sweaty bastard
1: that's my mm-hmm. um uh compare and contrast moment regarding uh this film but um but i i would but one one thing i think um there are we I mean, we dave said at the beginning of this conversation that there are there's no film quite like it but if you are looking if you are if you have seen this film i know this doesn't apply to andy and you're looking for something of a similar ilk there are these <laughs> i mean it go it goes um it, it, uh, it, this falls under what you call the subgenre of a neo noir so these film noir films that are um, that are set in sort of modern day and they normally involve uh, some sort of lo- love triangle as well um, and uh, I, I, th- I think a, a film that this is most similar to is a, an Australian film that was released in 2008 called the square it's really good I'd recommend it if you guys haven't seen it um, uh, it is, I've uh, heard of it, never heard of it. It's really good. Um, and it's, it's, it made me think about um, this film uh, quite a lot.
3: I thought you were going to say the film where they kill kangaroos in real life, that 70s film,
1: <laughs> <laughs> which I can't remember the name of. Have you seen that yet? No, no. no. Uh, Wake and Fright, isn't it? Yeah,
3: it, it, Is it on Amazon? I can't remember.
1: I th- think it might be i think it's on there's like a youtuber as well
2: who is in the square
1: i don't th- i don't think there's any like known actor it's made by nash Eg- edgerton and nash is joel Ed- Ed- edgerton's brother so nash and joel they start they start this um production company called blue tongue i think it's called blue tongue and uh, so you know animal crossing you know, not animal crossing animal kingdom kingdom um, yeah uh, that that's part of one of the Blue Tongue films and um, so yeah I, I'd, I'd recommend that. Um, I th- You know what sorry to interrupt but if anyone hasn't seen Animal Kingdom
2: and have to thank Shafi because I probably would have missed it or some Shafi but that is a film that is a film my gosh I cannot get over how good Animal Kingdom is like it is close to a perfect movie for me I uh, it is, oh,
1: it is so good. Some, some, people sc- put, some people were Some people putting that as their, like, best film of the decade and stuff like that. Honestly, the best film,
2: if someone said that's my favourite film I ever watched, I'd be like, brilliant, fair enough. Because it is so intricate and so beautiful. And at times, there are just little things where it flips. And, oh, like when the lawyer is talking to them and stuff, and now you're talking to me in the real world, I can't, I can't get over how good that film is. Animal Kingdom is, it is, is, is such a good film. I don't want to say it's in my top 10, or my top 50, or my top 100. It, It's nothing. It's just a film that every single person must watch once in their life, even if you don't
1: like films. Kyle, have you seen Animal Kingdom? or No, mate, it's the uh, first time I've heard of it, to be honest, mate. They made a TV show of it as so well. It's so good. It is so good.
2: I mean turn around, big cunt.
1: <laughs> Sorry.
2: It, it, oh, it's such a good film. My
1: God. Yeah, uh Andy, you know uh, Rogue One.
0: Yes, mate. Now we're talking.
1: <laughs> the uh the villain in um in Rogue One, Ben Mendelsohn, that he was, was his sort of breakout role uh in Animal Kingdom. Mm. I like that guy. Little he is he's parent. a cool he's a cool guy, isn't he? Yeah.
0: Startup? yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah, apparently in real life, he's a fucking nutter, isn't he? Like... Um, <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Shafi, I have to remind me the director of Rogue One.
1: Um, uh, Gareth... Uh, Gareth Evans? No, that's, that's the raid. <laughs> Gareth, Gareth Edwards. Yeah, Gareth Edwards.
3: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, yeah, apparently he was scared shitless of um, Ben Mendelson <laughs> on set. And the scene where he uh, talks to Darth Vader, um, he pulled a really angry face and called the director over and said, come here. He whispered in his ear, that's fucking Darth Vader. <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 I, 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 and you know what? It's funny because that Donnie Yen fight scene in Rogue One, even though I'm not a fan of that film, I have to give my hats off to because I think Donnie Yen actually brought in all his, um, his his stunt coordinators to do do that scene. Oh, cool! Uh, and uh, so there, those are Hong Kong guys behind, and that's why that you know I was like, oh yeah, that that like really is such a kind of nice, even though it lasts for a few seconds, it's such a nicely choreographed uh, action scene. See, that someone should have, who should have his own spin-off. Forget about your frigging. Yes. Boba Fett, whatever. Yes, mate. Whatever. Mate, whatever, whatever. Nice. Okay. Right. Do we um, conclude
0: on Blood Simple then? How do yeah. we? Yeah. You know what? I,
1: I, was, I was thinking instead of us um doing a score, how about yeah. we we describe we we describe our feelings about the film in one word. Wow. Oh God, one word. One word. Are you insane? Okay, three words.
0: Three words. I don't know. I need about 20 seconds, man.
3: I'm happy with one word.
0: Okay, one word.
2: My word is um, tense.
0: How about you, Andy? I can't. I don't want it to be a negative
1: because it's... No, but I think... No, but to be honest, you do have negative feelings towards this film. So it'd be dishonest of you if you didn't say a negative word. word. Okay, what you, what's your changing word to, Kyle? Sweaty.
2: Sweaty.
1: <laughs> uh, Dave, what's your one word? I'll give you one word. Frickin' awesome. Okay, that's well done. <laughs> <laughs> As usual, you don't stick to the assignment, do you? you just... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't play by the rules.
3: How many do you got?
2: <laughs> Nine, mate. All of them. <laughs> Took them all, passed them all. Easy.
1: Uh, and Andy, have
0: you got a word? <sighs> oh, this is really hard. I'm only allowed one word. I'm too, can... I've got too many emotions about hey, this because I love know. the story. <laughs> I don't like the visual experience. I'm glad I've watched it. It would have been all right if i have never seen it. So maybe um, the word
1: is mixed?
0: Yeah. Mixed. You slag. <laughs> <laughs> don't, uh, don't get me wrong. It, 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 I'm glad I watched it. I can't, you know. I, like last night, I watched that Chinese film, the, uh, the Wandering Earth, right? Now, I will never, ever get that time back. But, and I'm gutted about that. And I think all of China should hang their head in shame about that. But um, with this, I- I'm glad I saw it, even though I didn't particularly like it. Okay. I hope there's some listeners out there that can, if there are any listeners out there that, that agree with me, I'd like to see if you like, if you post some comments at the bottom of this link or anything like that, it'd be really interesting to get your views on that. I can't yeah. be alone on this. Um, you're you're going to be a lonely, lonely guy. <laughs>
1: I think he's just talking generally. So, uh, <laughs> uh, And I'm going to go with the word intense. Um, <laughs> so uh, thank you very much for choosing that, Dave. I enjoyed it, Dave. Thank you. At least we had stuff to talk about. Yeah, so, man. You know, yeah you exactly. Go. At
2: the
0: very least, it's a film that demanded a debate. Yeah.
3: I probably would have never watched it if it wasn't for this.
0: Yeah, and, I, yeah. and absolutely. And I'm glad I did. If, that's, if that gives you the positive to end on. I'm the most unhappy person here about the film, but I'm glad I watched it.
2: That's nice, that's nice. Oh, honestly, I know it's asking a
0: lot, but I would recommend a second watch. No, I will. I, I absolutely will. I just, I just I think it would have been a better book. It would have been a better read. I could have imagined all these amazing things in my head at my own pace and just, don't know, from visual experience let it down for me. <laughs>
2: Oh, the gritty, gritty visual experiences makes
0: it for me. I oh, I make the bill on my TV 20 years ago? <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. This is
2: it. Get ready, get ready, <laughs> listeners. The podcast war is on. Andy and I are at war from now until forever.
1: Right. So this is a, this is something that I've been, uh, I've been looking forward to uh, for quite a while. It's like that's been on the back of my head for quite a while. Kyle, it is your turn yes. for the next yeah, uh, boy. choice of our film. And I've been scratching my head thinking what you're going to pick. So I'm so excited to know, Kyle, what's the next Who Dropped the Popcorn podcast film is that going to be about?
3: So I'm going to give you three guesses to guess what the film is. Free Willy. <laughs> right. One, it is a cult classic, but you've probably not seen <laughs> it you may have seen it. Pretty sure Andy and Dave have.
1: Warriors. Um, uh, the Last Dragon.
3: Second <laughs> clue. This film also came out in 1984.
2: Oh, we've all seen The Terminator, mate. <laughs> 1984.
0: This film came out when? 1984. 1984.
1: Right. I'm going to get this. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's the right. Awesome we just mate, Google 1984
1: films made in 1984.
0: Okay. What's the third clue? Gremlins. The third clue is Beverly Hill's Cop.
3: <laughs> the guy that played Marty, Dan Hedaya, is that how you pronounce his name? Dan Hedaya. Hmm. Hedaya.
1: Yeah. Hmm.
3: Is also in this
1: film. Wow. I looked up his IMDb and I can't can't remember. Oh, look
3: it up. Look it up.
1: Okay. I don't. I, I don't know. I. I don't. Okay. I don't
3: the film that I choose. I apologize.
1: Is Drum roll. Hang on. (laughs) Hang on.
0: Do you want a drum roll? Because I can get one. Nah, mate. It's all right. (laughs) (laughs) Hang on. I'm looking up. Is it blood simple? (laughs) Blood (laughs) sport. Is it blood sport? No. Is it? It
1: No,
3: it's not blood sport. Is it blood diamond? I really hope you've not seen it, but it is The Adventures of Buckaroo Bonsai. Oh, shit. yes. <laughs>
1: what the hell is this? Yes. Is that a <laughs> yes. Is this?
0: The Adventures of Buckaroo ah. Bonsai,
1: yes. Hang on. The How do I spell that? The Adventures of ah. <laughs> Bonsai? The, ah. Yeah, The Adventures of Buckaroo Bonsai. <laughs> uh, there's a long, shit. I think there's other part, uh, other words in that title. I can't remember.
3: Right. So this has I'm got to do. This has got to do with you listening to Kevin Smith, right? That's right. Yeah. So he was going to do a TV show, uh, but that kind of got canned in it. But yeah, this film's got Peter Weller, Jeff Goldblum, John Lithgow, Christopher Lloyd, Clancy yes. Brown. Oh my
2: god! Oh my
3: god! Dan
2: Hedaya. Oh, Carl, you legend! You legend! Sorry, can I just clarify? Sorry. This
0: is this is the adventures of a rock star brain surgeon, comic book hero, samurai who travels across the 8th dimension.
2: That's right, man.
0: Fabulous. I'll watch it tonight.
2: <laughs> I'm going to take some more off while I just think about it. <laughs>
1: Have you seen it, Shafi? I haven't, actually, no. I'm very excited <laughs> to watch
3: it. Just don't Google anything about it. Just, it's on Amazon. No, it I won't. It. I'll just yeah, watch yeah,
0: it. yeah, yeah, yeah. And what's it on Amazon?
3: Dave, can you rent films on Amazon?
2: Or If Shafi rents it, then I can watch it. Yeah, that's fine. I always pay. I'll pay. Yeah, right. In which life?: oh, okay.
1: mate?
2: I um, paid for that fucking pile of shit. What was it called? Ford
1: versus That's <laughs> yeah, I
2: paid for all of that. <laughs> 5 dollars 99
0: me. Oh, it's the best film. It's so gritty. <laughs> it's so honestly. I can't believe it. And if you've not seen Animal <laughs> Kingdom, it's so gritty. It's so gritty. I love it. Oh man, as a film, it's the best film ever. Unless you talk about the Coen Brothers, who've got four other better films. It's Honestly, so Crocodile Dundee
2: <laughs> One, Crocodile Dundee Two, <laughs> Chopper, and then Animal Kingdom are the four best Australian films ever made. Oh,
0: fifth is Kingdom. Man.
2: Fifth is Walkabout. Sixth is Mad Max. Seventh is Mad Max Two. Eighth is Mad Max 3. You'll put Fury Road above the other three.
1: So gritty. Uh, yeah, and it's not even an Australian film, though, so why Okay. Right. Cheers. We'll call this a wrap. So, Dave, any final words before we go?
0: Newlands is a Cunt
1: or something like that, probably. <laughs> I, I, I recommend
2: anyone that doesn't love Blood Simple after one watch, watch it a second time. I know I'm asking I a lot, but do it. No, anyway. I will. I will.
1: Andy any last like yeah. very just a few final words for oh, you go
0: yeah they should have written it as a book not made the film idiots oh who's got time to read a book who's got time to read a book
1: Kyle
3: just a bunch of sweet boys <laughs> with flies on their faces
1: okay uh, you've been listening to who dropped the popcorn see you next time